Good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to begin um, by acknowledging um, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet um, and, their, uh, and pay respects to their elders past and present, and in particular, considering this crowd, their storytellers. Okay. So my name is uh, Susan Lamarker, and it's my distinct pleasure to welcome you here this afternoon to the first of SLAB's reading forums for 2019, our primary showcase. This is the first of uh, four reading forums. We have three more events planned for 2019, and our aim is to expose school library staff to great ideas and opportunities surrounding reading and stories, and to encourage best practice and discussion. Each event will have a featured topic, and you can see them listed there on the screen. And those of you that joined us last year will recognise that we're going back to all the same venues. We thought that made it easier for all of us to know that we were going back to the same places. <laughs> and it's actually, they were such great venues, so we're really excited about that. Uh, we will be, again, sharing um, ideas, practitioners in particular, in the other three of our forums. Uh, tonight it's all about the publishers. And we will also be having a guest author or illustrator, or in many cases, uh, one of each at each of the forums. And the Kids Bookshop, our partners in these events, will be in attendance at all of the uh, forums as well. You can find out about the series on the website. I know some of you have already booked for all four, but um, those of you that are here just tonight for this one, you may like to join us again. Uh, once again, we will be recording each of the forums. Uh, and making these recordings available as a podcast. This was a new initiative last year. Uh, we make them available open access to anybody that can't make it to these sessions, but also any of you who might, may feel you want to catch up on um, and hear it all again, um, you certainly can. So there'll be a link on our website, but I will also send an email around to all of you when I ask you for some feedback with the link to the podcasts as well. In 2018, we had over 600 downloads of the various podcasts we made available on open access to the wider community, and many people from other countries and interstate, as well as regional um, school librarians and, and teacher librarians were accessing them that way. So it's actually very exciting to know that these events go beyond these walls um, to a much wider audience. Okay, so the Kids Bookshop are here, our partners, um, they're here tonight, great selection of books, I notice you've already all been out there looking, so, but please do browse and take the opportunity to uh, have books signed and so on later on in the evening as well. So our times for this evening are here, the program is very full and as you all know we've got giving each of our publishers five minutes to speak. Um, and we'll be quite tough on that time. Uh, we actually have seven publishers. We had eight, but um, unfortunately Ty from Hardy Grant Egmont can't join us as she's unwell, so she's had to uh, pull out, which is a real shame. But we still have um, seven wonderful publishers to join us. Um, I'll warn the publishers when they only have one minute remaining, um, and then we'll, we'll skip on to our next one. This will all be followed by the amazing Anna Walker and her new picture book, Lottie and Walter. Um, we'll get to that later. So, so, I just want to hear about the publishers. We might start, and I think our first is Alan and Unwin. So if our Alan and Unwin person could come up and you'd be fine here. Excellent, thank you. Hello. Um, so first up is A Cat Called Trim by Corinne Fenton and Craig Smith. This is the true story of a courageous, mischievous and fearless cat called Trim. As many of you will know, Trim was a plucky ship's cat who sailed with Matthew Flinders on many of his famous voyages to map the coastline of Australia and beyond. Flinders was so taken with Trim that he wrote his own delightful account of Trim's life at sea. But as far as we know, A Cat Called Trim is the first 32-page picture book to feature this remarkable cat. Uh, Corinne and Craig have excelled themselves with this true-to-life account, including mention of Bongaree, truly the first Australian to circ circumnavigate the continent. And you will have all seen the exciting news that, about the discovery of Matthew Flinders' grave beneath Euston Station in London. So this is exactly the right time to be remembering Matthew Flinders and his much-loved cat, um, perfect for ages to, of five to eight. Uh, Sherlock Bones and the Natural History Mystery by super talented author illustrator Renee Trammell is a hilariously funny, delightfully weird illustrated mystery adventure. Oops, sorry. 
just right for six to nine-year-olds. Uh, Sherlock Bones, our wise-cracking hero, is determined to solve the mystery of the missing blue diamond. Sherlock Bones is, in fact, a skeleton of a tawny frog mouth, naturally. Watts is Bones' best friend and sidekick. Watts is an inanimate stuffed parrot. Of course he is. Packed with personality and amazing illustrations, Sherlock B Bones is for fans of Aaron Blaby's The Bad Guys and Andrew McDonald's Real Pigeons. Sorry. <laughs> books. Early reader reports have been glowing, including one 10-year-old who noted, I like this book because it's very funny and exciting. I didn't laugh out loud, but I did have a big chuckle in my head. <laughs> uh, next up is Touch the Moon. Uh, time to celebrate the 50-year anniversary. Touch the Moon by Phil Cummings and Coral Tullock tells a uniquely Australian story about the day Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. The moonwalk was watched by half a billion people around the world. Eight-year-old Phil Cummings was one of these people. To Phil, 21 July 1969, as it was in Australia, was a day of miracles. Inside, on the black and white TV, Neil Armstrong redefined what was possible. While outside, in Phil's hometown of Peterborough, South Australia, another lifetime, event of a lifetime was happening. Snow was falling. In Touch the Moon, Phil and Coral effortlessly recreate the era and the experience of watching an alien landscape become familiar and a familiar landscape become strange. The gorgeous book captures the magic of what it felt like to be a child in 1969, leaving footprints in the snow just like the footprints Neil Armstrong was leaving on the moon. Saved by Lydia Williams and Lucinda Gifford. I am a die-hard sports fan, so I'm super excited about this picture book. Lydia Williams is the goalkeeper for the Matildas, the Australian women's soccer team, who in July this year will be contesting the World Cup in France. Lydia's dad was an Indigenous Australian and her mum is American. She lived in the outback when she was growing up. She had two pet kangaroos and learned to play all kinds of sport barefoot in the desert. Her picture book, Saved, was inspired by these experiences and the incredibly talented illustrator Lucinda Gifford has brought the story vividly to life in beautiful, vibrant colours and wonderful action. The story follows little Lydia as she plays a variety of sports with animals and has a triumphant ending when she saves a goal to secure a win for her team. It's funny and inspiring. It's a celebration of self-belief, persistence and the joy of playing sport. For readers aged five to eight and soccer fans of all ages. And the last one is Move the Mountains, Freedom Finders 3 by Emily Connellan. Emily's concept for the Find Your Path Freedom Finders series is to give readers decision-making power in the many complex choices asylum seekers and migrants face on their journeys to Australia. Emily's plots put kids into life and death situations mirroring real life and the books contain fact files and true life case studies. The first two books, Break Your Chains and Touch the Sun, explore Australia's convict history and, the recent, and a recent Somalian refugee's journey. In this new story, the reader is placed in a small mountain village in World War II Italy and ends up in Australia's high country in the 1950s, joining the many post-war migrants starting new lives on the Snowy Mountain Scheme. The Freedom Finder series is perfect for nine to 13 year olds, as well as reluctant, reluctant readers. That's it, thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Paul Collins from uh, Fort Street Publishing. Out this month we have The Greatest Book in the World, a laugh-out-loud read where the narrator speaks directly to readers while attempting to create the greatest book in the world. The uh, Rudolf Wordsmith requests the readers finish his rhyme in couplets and admonishes them when they're tricked into supplying a rude rhyme. This trickery is achieved through clever text and the lively uh, illustrations created by Dave Atz. As the reader's rude rhymes cause the illustrator to draw Rudolph in uh, humiliating predicaments, he becomes increasingly frustrated, as you would. This culminates in a surprising and hilarious ending that kids will enjoy. It's perfect for either reading aloud to a group, read by a child to a, uh, a parent to a child, or read by children uh, independently. Also out this uh, month, we have Gorski's Bitemare. Gorski the vampire is in a flap. 
Following a frightful event, he notices that his fangs are shrinking and that he faints at the sight of blood. What's he going to do? Can he find a cure or will things go from bad to worse? Gorski's bite mare is full of puns, similes and plays on words which uh, teachers will find very useful during uh, literacy lessons. Primary school readers will love the humour and enjoy the gothic illustrations by uh, Danny Willis. In March, we have uh, Grace's Mystery Seed by Juliet Sampson and Karen Erasmus. Right here in the front, wave <laughs> Juliet. <laughs> um, Grace and her neighbour, Mrs Marino, plant a mystery seed. They wait and wait for ages. Then a little green shoot starts to grow and grow until at last Grace discovers the truth about her amazing mystery seed. The book features a heartwarming friendship between people of different generations and encourages the reader to appreciate the natural world. You'll love the bird's eye views of uh, the backyards. Concepts in Grace's Mystery Seed cover many uh, curriculum areas, English, maths, science and arts. Juliet Sampson, um, as I've mentioned, is in the audience. I'm sure she'd love to talk to you about her book after the event tonight, after the speakers. Also, um, next month we have Playground Circus by Chrissy Byers and Simon O'Carrigan. I think they're both uh, debut author and illustrator, actually. Family visit to the playground becomes a circus extra extravaganza. This little girl can do anything if only her mum would look up from her phone and join in the fun. This is a gently amusing story about the power of imaginative play and what we miss when we're not paying attention because we're too busy on our phones or social media. Use of high-frequency words and rhyme encourages children to predict the story. The illustrator uses a range of artwork styles throughout the book to compare and contrast characters and imaginary worlds. And in July, we have Pippa by Dimity Powell and Andrew Plant. Pippa is a little pigeon with big blue sky ambitions to fly solo and explore the world beyond her nest. Pippa champions the concepts of adventure, letting go, risk-taking, embracing change and navigating through adversity. The book addresses the Australian primary source curricula plus many other areas including geography, science, art and natural science. Finally, the book features striking artwork that beautifully accentuates uh, the sometimes misunderstood personality and unique traits of the home in the pigeon. Those of you who know Andrew's uh, work will know how spectacular it is. He did the poppy, uh, glitch and uh, other picture books for us. I think we've published about four or five of his now. As I have a few seconds left, uh, keep an eye open for Harry Lang's... I do have a few seconds left, don't I? You do. You've got a minute. A minute? Oh, oh I'm going to slow right down now. I'm going to double-space the words. Um, keep an eye out for Harry Lang's book. Didn't actually have all this together when we provided the slides, but um, this is a great book. It's performance poetry, and your kids will love uh, acting out the, the poetry. Um, it's got original art by Sean Tan, three pieces of Sean Tans, Lee Hobbs, Anna Pinataro, and many others. Copies are out there in the bookshops. So take a look. On the back, there are about oh, 14, 15 well-known illustrators, Mitch Vane, you name it, and it's all original art. So put a lot of effort into this book, and I think you'll love it. I have another commitment shortly. So uh, my partner, Meredith Costain, author of Olivia's Secret Schools and Ella Diaries, is up there. If anybody would like to chat to her uh, about Ford Street titles, and if anyone would like any of the authors I've mentioned or illustrators, uh, CreativeNet um, is a sponsor of representing those people and we don't charge a, um, a booking fee. So thank you very much for your time. But you give me a ballot with a minute to go. I, I, oh, you could, could you bring the ballot in? Yeah, oh, in a, with a minute to go, if you All would, right. that'd be great, Susan. Everyone seemed to be winding down, so you'll be right. <laughs> so yes, I'm Andrew Kelly, and it's my privilege to be the publisher at Wild Dog. Uh, Wild Dog is distinguished because it's a children's non-fiction publisher. I, I, I love stories, I love fiction, but I also love non-fiction, and I love doing children's non-fiction. Uh, and that's our mantra, explaining the complex simply. So we endeavour to take complex stories, complex ideas, and hang pictures and words from them so that they're memorable and understandable. Uh, this was a book that we did a couple of years ago uh, that was a notable book. Uh, it does sort of illustrate the sort of ideas that we're presenting to children and the ways that they can uh, remember facts that we're presenting. 
Uh, and curiously, my father, who uh, was a doctor, actually very much enjoyed this book, even though he knew all the facts, but he loved the way Lorna had uh, distilled the ideas into pictures. Uh, we were rather pleased uh, yesterday that this was shortlisted in the long list uh, as a notable, and fingers crossed it has gone slightly strange, that lettering. But um, we were very pleased and fingers crossed for the shortlist and, you know, who knows where we might go from there or how, who, where Lorna might go from there. Uh, this was uh, Lorna's book from last year, which was an honour title in the CBCA. Again, it has that quirky black uh, wild dog feel. Um, hang on. Is it going to help me? And that was also a shortlisted title last year. So coming to this year, February, uh, we did The Year of the Pig, which is the story of pigs, uh, the year of the pig, rather, the Chinese lunar calendar. Uh, this year is the year of the pig. I don't know whether we have any pigs here today, um, but they're, they're very, really lovely people, and this celebrates all their characteristics uh, and their warmth and their caring and their willingness to give things up for others. Then we have Say What? The History of Communications, a, a straight-down-the-line information book to get the facts across to kids in the most memorable way possible. Uh, coming soon, we have Artificial Intelligence, uh, a real drive on our part to introduce kids to the ideas that are changing our world today. They do need to understand these sorts of concepts and they do need to understand them in a curated sense uh, through a book rather than through the anarchy of the internet. Uh, again, technology. Technology is changing dramatically. Uh, as we speak, uh, I can remember getting my first fax machine and being blown away by it and then sending something to the printer via uh, the modem, uh, which was really quite surprising at the time that I could do that. Uh, now it's just accepted. June, we have another book from Lorna Hendry. Uh, maps are, of course, a great part of the curriculum and endlessly entertaining, uh, and for a particular part of the school too, they have a particular love of maps. So, And then we have ambitiously... This is um, a challenging concept because these we have a series, the first one was communications. We're taking the ideas that are not sort of hard, solid, crisp ideas, but ones that have soft, fuzzy edges, and turning them into a way that kids can think about these ideas and come to an understanding of them. So that's culture. Uh, graphs in the Maths Mutts series, a good dog theme for us, and we'll have graphs out as the first one in that series. Look at uh, facts for maths. and the, Oh, 3D printing, again, something kids need to understand, uh, and better that they understand it through a book than through other mediums. And then our last title this year is uh, Home, and kids love homes. You know, they love that sense of security, that sense of warmth, that, uh, and so they are fascinated by other animals and their homes. So that would be a lovely title by Charles Hope. And I will go backwards now. And I did have one last, I've still got a minute to go. Got i got a minute, okay. So I did want to present you this book, which is not a wild dog book, but it is a black dog book. Um, there is a connection between the two imprints that I won't bother you with. But why I'm presenting it to you is that I'm actually one of the authors on this book. Uh, I'm not sure some of you know, but not everybody, that in my other life, I'm the Yarra River Keeper. So I'm the community voice for the Yarra River. And this is the story of the Yarra, but the real name of the Yarra is the Birarang. So this is written with Artie Joy Murphy, who's the senior Wurundjeri elder. Uh, and this is the story of the Birrarung. And it begins in the mountains at dawn, if I can get there, and then proceeds down to the bay at the end at sunset. And it combines Wurundjeri language with English language, which was quite challenging. So there are Wurundjeri words that are incorporated into the English. That's your time. That's my time. What's the name of that book? The name is Willem, W-I-L-A-M, which stands for home in Wurundjeri. So it's Willem, a Wurundjeri friend's out name. What's the subtitles of Wurundjeri? Hi everyone, my name's Kay, I'm here from Text, um, and I'm delighted to present our list of fantastic children's books coming out in 2019. So 
So what can you expect from us this year? Well, we guarantee belly laughs, adventure, unique narratives, a diverse set of lovable characters, and sophisticated stories that encourage children to embrace their quirks and celebrate differences. And of course, we have teaching notes for every book. <coughs> so on to our first title. Adam C.C.'s final book in the Huggerby Falls trilogy is out in April. So as you can tell by the fabulous cover, Adam is very good at capturing the weird and wacky imagination of his readers and making them laugh out loud. The utterly indescribable thing that happened in Huggerby Falls, uh, Kip Kendall and his friends Tobias Treachery and Symphony Chan are back defending their weird and wonderful town, Huggerby Falls. But something happens and all the residents think it might be more interesting if they lived in the neighboring town called near Huggerby Falls. So strap yourselves in for another madcap adventure as Kip Kendall and his mates go all out to convince their fellow residents that Huggerby Falls really is the weirdest place on earth. So the next book is best described by introducing you to the main character, Jamila. Jamila left her friend's school and home in Iraq and now lives in Melbourne. She's finding it a bit hard to settle in and she'd really like to make some friends. Jamila loves to sing, so she joins the choir and this makes her much happier. Singing always takes her worries away and it helps her reclaim her new life. Songbird is a unique, tender and heartwarming novel that encapsulates our universal desire to belong and the importance of friendship. The author, Ingrid Laguna, teaches English to children from refugee backgrounds and she was inspired to write this story to capture the experiences of her students and to give voice to the bravery it takes to be yourself. So in July, we're publishing Wang Wei Chan's brilliant adventure mystery, Lizard's Tale. Set on the streets of Singapore against the backdrop of World War II, a young boy li lives at the top of a tailor's shop in Chinatown. He's learnt to be street smart by doing odd jobs for dodgy dealers. But when he's asked to break into a hotel suite and steal a Japanese code book, he's busted by a young girl who's staying there with her family. This book is unique in that it provides a non-European perspective of World War II, and in doing so is both educational and just a darn good read. Even as a 27-year-old woman, I found this pacey historical novel unputdownable. The writing is so vivid, and I really felt like I was on the streets of Singapore with the main characters. This is one of my favorites. And finally, one of our biggest children's books releases for the year is the new novel by Australian author Jessica Miller. It's called The Republic of Birds, and it's coming in September this year. In The Republic of Birds, we meet Olga, who loves the stories of old cartographers. She pours over their ancient books and maps, but more than this, she, can, she feels that she can see through the maps and almost step into them. She knows in her heart that she has special powers, but in her world, magic is banned ever since the war with the birds divided the kingdom, so she has to keep it a secret. But when Olga's sister is kidnapped, Olga knows that she must venture into the Republic of Birds and bring her back. The world building is really rich here with visuals of snow-covered towns, sled dogs, and ancient relics. And if any of your students read Jessica Miller's first book, Elizabeth and Zenobia, you'll know that her writing is beautiful and sophisticated. Jessica's exploration of the close relationship between the two sisters is the heart of this story and one which readers will engage with the most. This is the book for um, bookish, slightly older fantasy readers in your classrooms. It's inspired by Russian history and folklore and will capture the hearts and imaginations of those who re read and love Nevermore by Jessica Townsend and Anything by Philip Pullman. So that's it from us. Thanks for listening. Everyone's been so good with the time, I feel like that's, that's really good for me because I've got a lot to say. <laughs> Hi, my name's Davina Bell. Um, I'm here from Affirm Press. You might not have heard of us, we're pretty small, um, but we have only been going for two years. You might recognise this book though that won the Picture Book of the Year last year. That was the first ever book we made and it was the um, debut of Gwyn Perkins who won it when he was 76 years old. So that got our list off with a bang. Um, and since then we're really dedicated to um, producing what we call bright, fun, quality books with humour and heart. So that's kind of our vibe. Um, the first one I'd like to tell you about is a new series, junior fiction series. I've written junior fiction for girls, but are we even allowed to say that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've made a huge faux pas. I'm sorry. Um, but it's for girls and it's humorous, which sets it apart from your sweeter Clementine Rose series, even though it's the same kind of um, page length and readership as that. Um, it's kind of, I've written non-gross dork diaries. So it's contemporary and school focused in the way that dork diaries is, but it's local and it's written um, again from the first person, but very funny, very rich characterization and figurative language. So Richard Newsom, the author, 
was actually the inaugural text prize winner for the Billionaire's Curse series, but this is him doing something completely different, contemporary, local. Um, talent show fiasco is the first one when Stella um, sprays the class guinea pig with fire extinguisher foam. As a punishment, she has to go in the school talent show um, and chaos ensues. Uh, and it also has pokes fun, but kind of also deals with social media in a way I haven't seen before um, for this age group, which I think is um, a really good talking point for it. The second one, um, Magic Underpants, deals with parents in sport in a really lighthearted, humorous way. But as you can see, they also have um, a bit of depth to them and really well written, very funny. Um, the Gruesome General in the Costa Banana series, we brought these in from Holland because um, uh, Joshua Douglas in Holland is like the David Wellians. He's a huge rock star. These books have sold hundreds of thousands of copies, about 256 pages, and we're publishing in April. So they're middle fiction, probably 9, 10 plus. Um, first in the series with a subversive political twist that ridicules bonkers dictators. And what I love about this is that the dictator Pablo isn't evil or malevolent. He's ridiculous, and he has all these rules like everybody has to have the same... Um, haircut as him which is sort of very Charlie Chaplin look um, everyone has to eat banana soup on a Friday and he's so idiotic he doesn't realize there's a coup against him and it's his young daughter Rosa who realizes that so Rosa sets out to um, uncover who is the dictator uh, who is trying to fell the dictator who is her father um, and there are little robotic fly drones and bond style car chases but it's got a girl at its heart of this adventure kind of spy story and it is also really really funny laugh out loud funny um, changing speed a bit, narrative non-fiction 32-page picture book uh, by a debut author, Simi Jenziuk, and she, fun fact, is a circus performer who can lift a washing machine with her hair, and apparently she's going to do it at the launch, so if anyone's around in, in June when it comes out. Um, this is about May Worth, Australia's own rebel girl, bareback writer who took over the world, so why don't we know her? Well, slightly unfortunately for us, the National Library published a very long book about her that's just been uh, a notable for the Eve Pound now in the CBC Awards. But ours is a beautiful um, picture book illustrated, lots of ho horses, circus, girl power. Um, and basically, May Worth was in the 1900s. She was a girl who was told she couldn't do all these elaborate, thrilling tricks, for example, literally jumping from a galloping horse, doing a backward somersault, landing on the galloping horse behind it. Unbelievable stuff. And there are photographs in the book that we put in in the end papers to show it. It's quite incredible. And she just went about uh, blazing a trail, defying all the expectations of women at the time and what they could wear and what they could do and what they could achieve. So it's in the vein of all the girl power books that are about there, but it's local and it's feisty and it's original. And it's Renee Tremble doing the illustrations as you've never seen her. You might know her beautiful Australian wildlife stuff, but this is her doing um, beautiful narratives. Um, we have bits, oh, Vognox the Viking. If bad guys and real pigeons had a baby who was a gormless Viking, Vognox would be that child. This is about one or two sentences per page, black and white, really lots of illustrations throughout. It's got an asterisk and oblix vibe, and we're launching that series in July. Bitsy by um, Nikki Greenberg, a rhyming, uplifting anti-Trump man anti manifesto for the under sixes, starring a feisty and adorable bat. It's about a bat who's told that the day creatures are really scary, she should never go out and meet them. And she does, she sneaks out and she finds that the day creatures have been told exactly the same thing about the night creatures. And so she befriends a tiny little numbat and they realise um, everyone's not as scary as they seem and the things that are different are smaller than the things that unite us. And it's absolutely stunning, really rich, gorgeous illustrations. Um, and this is a buy-in we're really proud of. It's called The Funeral, a joyful, uplifting book about death. How is that even possible? And this um, is uh, explores from the child's point of view, a funeral and the family coming together. And it's not sad people standing around a grave. Um, it's actually about celebrating the end of life um, in a really positive, uplifting way. I've never seen anything like it before. And it was a New York Times best-selling illustrated book last year. Thank you very much. <laughs> the pressure. Okay. So I'm just starting off by just mentioning a couple of books that are out in March. So, sorry, I should introduce myself. Kristen Gill with my other hat on, not Kids Bookshop today, Penguin Random House tonight. Um, and uh, well-known Yasmin and her wonderful junior fiction book for girls. Uh, I said it too, Davina, for girls. Um, and uh, lots of fun uh, out in March, but there's some in the bookshop tonight. Um, everybody's been ooing and ahhing over Bleach's new book, the third in his historical fiction, sorry, 
third, yeah, third in the historical fiction. Fearless Frederick was uh, on the notable list announced this week. Um, and this is about the Berlin Wall. Um, so it takes us back to the 60s and very timely because it's the 30th anniversary this year. Uh, I wanted to tell you about sidekicks. Gavin Untan is a um, Perth-based illustrator and he's written this um, really fabulous little graphic novel and it's all about kids who dream about being superheroes basically but it is about social justice as well, um, lots of fun. The bad guys has been mentioned a few times this evening, this afternoon, and um, I think that's no um, coincidence, really. There, uh, the illustration plus text combination is such a great opportunity for all readers, not just reluctant readers, but all readers. Really, really lots of fun, um, funny as well, and Gavin will be... You will see him out and about outside of Perth and over here too, doing lots of really great stuff. That's April the first one. Second one will be September. My Culture and Me, I have a sample of this book here. This is a really important book this year. Does, I don't know if anybody knows Greg Dreis. Um, if you have ever had him to your school, you will know he is a fabulous entertainer. He's actually based in Queensland, but he does a lot of travelling and a lot of school visits. This book is an important book in the Year of Indigenous Languages. He, it's his story and he's writing about the importance of culture, dance, storytelling, um, the land, all of those things that are important to his culture and, and to him and his people. Um, it is about um, celebrating all of those things. It's out in May and it is $24.99. Secrets of the Schoolyard Millionaire. I'll have a little um, advanced reading copy of that. It's just a proof copy here just to give you an idea. Again, junior fiction. Nat Amor, you will know if you are familiar with her one more page. Um, podcast that she does um, and uh, now author as well. So Nat is really, really good fun and all of her personality comes out in this book which is lots of fun. Um, female protagonist which I'm really pleased about. This is a book that is um, about a whole lot of cash, a whole lot of trouble all based in a schoolyard. So um, Secrets of Schoolyard Millionaire is going to appeal to a whole range of readers again and it's out in June. Uh, Dr Boogaloo uh, and the Girl Who Lost Her Laughter. This was one of my favourite books last year. And I don't know if you know Lisa Nickel, but she... Dr Boogaloo was... Well, it was on the notable list last year, so many of you will know it, but it was just that classic children's book. Themes of family and um, what happens when things get turned upside down and lots of music. Um, she did a, a documentary called um, The Wide Open Sky, which was, film, which was shown on ABC. And um, if you ever get to see that documentary, do go and see it. It was shown at a documentary film festival in Castlemaine last year. And um, Laura Harris, our publishing director, and I, we just sat in the room in the cinema just bawling our eyes out. It is just the most moving piece of film that you will see um, when it comes to kids and music and literally finding their voice. It's beautiful. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Oh, God. Vincent and the Grandest Hotel on Earth is her new one. We're pitching it as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Factory meets the Grand Budapest Hotel. It is um, lots of fun, a little bit more lighthearted than Dr Boogaloo, but classic children's book um, all the same. Atticus Fantasticus is a middle-aged, middle middle-primary aged reading for um, from Andrew Datto, sorry I haven't got a cover, and um, Stephen Michael King. This is what happens. This is a story, hilarious adventure story, when a 10-year-old kid inherits a pirate ship and um, a crazy adventure ensues. These two, we've got the first one out in September. It is a series um, for middle uh, readers again. Um, they'll be out and about talking a lot about this series and we have um, lots of big plans for it. I also just want to hold up The Gift by Michael Speechley. Look at this beautiful picture book. Um, you remember Orange... <coughs> Uh, it was it was um, short. It was on the notable list this week. This week too, and I am done. Oh, I guess it's. Hi, my name is Alexandra Yotomi Clark, and I'm um, the founder and the publisher for Bebe Publishing. We're a small, uh, dedicated children's publisher. We publish from both local and international talent. So when I say uh, local and international talent, we might have a 
a Melbourne author and I might use a Spanish illustrator and we also do a few translations. We, uh, we, have a, uh, we stand for um, high quality, original and enriching children's picture books. And um, in 2017, we won Children's Publisher of the Year for Longing Book Fair for Oceana. So the first book I want to show you is, we're just doing this board book. So this is great for your early childhood um, groups, but it's a really fun one. It's working with a Japanese paper cut artist and it's all these wonderful die cuts um, that you, can ha you have to find the objects, you know, one uh, dinosaur. It's all colour orientated and it's just a really fun and engaging interactive book with early concepts. Um, so yeah, she is a Japanese, she's um, from Osaka and she's uh, really famous in Japan. The next book I want to talk about is The Blue Bench, which is coming out in March tomorrow. Uh, this is a translation. It's from um, Catalan. It was selected as one of the best children's books in 2016 by the Catalan Council. So it's the equivalent of CBCA. Um, it won the Bookseller Award in Spain in 2017 and it is um, one of the best seven in Germany. It also connects with mindfulness. Um, and it's sort of set around this blue bench that sort of observes life around it. Uh, that love, the passing of time and new beginnings. Uh, we're really excited to be uh, reissuing Nobody Owns the Moon. This is the 10th anniversary edition. Um, I think this is one of Australia's best picture books that's come out in the last 10 years. A story of friendship, acceptance and belonging. I think Toby Riddle is one of our best authors. If he's good enough for Murakami, he's good enough for Australia. I don't know if you know the story about Murakami. He picked up one of his books early this year, last year and took it back to Japan and translated it. It was My, don my Uncle's Donkey. Um, this is going to be an April release. Sean Tan calls it a classic in the making, a standout classic. Um, we're really proud of relaunching this one. Heads and Tails, Underwater. This is um, one of our really successful series. Um, the Heads and Tails got a notable uh, yesterday, uh, on Monday or Tuesday, and the uh, Heads and Tails first book uh, got the speech pathology, uh, won that speech pathology. It uses um, three written and uh, verbal clues and a visual clue, and the child has to identify the sea creature. Um, it really, it's learning by stealth, a July release. Our next book is the uh, follow-on book from the colours, is a board book. It is all um, the animals based on sort of continents, so Europe or um, South America, North America, we have to find the objects. It's, um, again, it's elegantly designed and a really fun, engaging book. Grace's Secret, uh, or Secrets, we're thinking adding an S. Um, our first middle grade book, uh, it's a fast-paced, time-slipped adventure involving a girl who journeys back in time, uh, where she meets some of the great authors, in, of, um, including Charles Dickens, Lewis Cowell, um, Louise May Alcott. It's, uh, it's a work of fiction blending storytelling with real people and events from rich and wonderful world of children's literature. Louise Park is the author of Harriet Clare, Zach Power and Stargirl and this is a September release. Um, and, uh, and we're sort of um, adding to our series on First Settlement books. This has been a really successful series. The Good, the Bad and the Silly. It's a, uh, we're sort of um, it's a taste of, uh, you know, t the storytelling treasures that we have in Australia. Similar format to the MSV Mutiny, which was um, CBCA shortlisted um, with the same author. And Bern Emmerichs is the artist, who is a ceramic artist. She's one of Australia's premier artists. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We are absolutely thrilled to have Anna here again. Those of you that joined us last year will remember we had Anna and, and Jane um, talking about their uh, picture book at that point. But today we have Anna talking um, by herself as the author and illustrator of Lottie and Walter. Anna's publishing history is long and the number of awards she's been given for her work grows. All very well deserved. I do not think there are any Australian awards that she has not been shortlisted for or won. She is loved by judges and readers alike. Uh, I was most excited, as I'm sure you were too, to hear that Anna's book, uh, Florette, was selected as a New York Times, <coughs> New York Public Library, Best Illustrated Children's Book for 2018, which I think is just amazing. Oh, <laughs> a round of applause. <laughs> 
it is wonderful to see an Australian creator being acknowledged on, on a larger stage like that. We are thrilled to have her here at our SLAB event again and welcome her today to introduce us to her latest creation, Lottie and Walter. Thank you, Anne. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here to introduce my new book, Lottie and Walter. Um, this afternoon's show and tell reminds me of being back in grade two in the tiny library in Eltham. And I remember this moment so clearly. I was clutching my library bag, waiting for all the other kids to be quiet so that Mrs Murphy, who had three new picture books on her lap, <laughs> could hold up the picture books and tell us about them. And I love that feeling of anticipation and um, maybe finding a book that I wanted to take home. Um, so it's exciting to be here. Well, not so exciting being at the front, but I do love seeing the, <laughs> the new books that are coming out. So I'd like to introduce, yeah, my new book, Lottie and Malta. But first I thought I'd just show you a little bit about how I work and um, a bit about the process, I suppose, I use for making picture books. So this is my studio. Um, I've got, a, lucky to have a beautiful space. I work in at Abbotsford Convent. Um, and I share the space with about five, oh, sorry, four other um, book designers and illustrators. I've always worked in shared spaces. It's really um, important to me to be among a community um, that I can learn from, I suppose, and be inspired by others and their passion for what they do. And sometimes we collaborate or work on projects um, together and talk about, um, talk about ideas. Um, and sometimes we have other visitors. So if we, we leave the door open, the peacocks um, come in from the Collingwood Children's Farm. I never knew peacocks made a noise like a party honker. It's, um, <laughs> um, and sometimes there's a blue tongue lizard at the front door too. So. Um, I really love going to the studio, having my paints and things around me, and, but I've also got three teenagers at home, so that's another reason it's great to escape. <laughs> um, so the studio is a place where I paint and experiment and work on the books, but um, the ideas for the stories and illustrations come from other places. Um, I find inspiration in, I suppose, my daily life or the world around me, my family, friends, animals, um, travelling and imagination. So I carry around with me, I've got actually a bigger visual diary at the moment, um, but this is the size. Um, oh, this one, sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed by starting a new visual diary, so this time I started from the back. <laughs> I don't know, uh, um, but you can see the size. So I carry around with me a tiny set of um, paints and if I get time, um, I get my paints out. I find it quite relaxing and just work on um, just work on the painting um, um, as I go. So, and in that visual diary, so in the visual diary, it's a place where I draw and paint, I don't know, words or images or things that interest me or amuse me, or sometimes I paint uh, a feeling so at this time, I drew that little scribble. I was feeling anxious about things and a bit overwhelmed and drew that uh, a feeling of anxiety like a creature following, following me around. And it was that drawing. I remember looking at that thinking, I wonder whether this could work as a picture book. And then it, that um, story became Mr. Huff. So, um, and um, pets and characters form a big part of what I love uh, working with and our own animals. That's, our, that's my cat, Freddie. <laughs> um, and, and I paint Freddie and our dog, Sun, <laughs> that Sunshine, our, our, our dog. That's her, that Sunshine here. Um, Sunshine's now 11 years old, but she made her first debut in picture books with Little Cat and the Big Red Bus, um, 11 years ago now, written by Jane Godwin. Um, and and um, that was what I consider my first true picture book. And I was speaking to my husband about this and he was saying, what do you mean, what, why is it your first true picture book? I'm like, oh, well, um, and I thought, oh, thinking about that, I think I see this book as my first true picture book because 
um, Janie's been able to capture a, a fleeting moment in childhood. I feel like she's captured the essence of a feeling of little cat feeling um, afraid and lost is a story that speaks to my heart. It has honesty and truth, um, all of which I think is embodied in, in that story. So, um, and I thought that was not a bad description of why um, I see that as my first true picture book. So family and pets have been a constant source of inspiration over the years and, and in lots of the books, so that's sunshine again in all through the year. And family as well, um, the, my family as well. But as the kids have got older, um, I also turn to friends' kids as well. So this is um, Saskia and everyone calls her Sassy and she was essentially the muse for Go Go and the Silver Shoes. So Sassy's outfits, her roller skates and long socks and um, shorts and um, I used a lot of her outfits in um, Go Go and the Silver Shoes. Um, Travelling is a time that I probably use my visual diary the most. I think just because that time stretched out and time to take in new sights and ideas. And I love travelling, but when I travel, I often feel a bit anxious, so I try and <laughs> I draw. <laughs> That's me feeling a bit um, worried about things. And a few years ago, it's another one in Barcelona. Um, a few years ago, we travelled to pa Paris with the family. That's me and the kids, and my husband was there too. And even though I'd, it was amazing being in Paris, just being in a new environment, um, it sounds ridiculous to say I was worried in Paris. I mean, who gets worried in Paris? Like, it, it's an amazing place. But there was a moment in the city where the traffic was rushing by and horns and ambulance. And then on the other, we were rushing on the other side of the road, I saw this shop filled with plants. And it was, and I stopped for a second and then ran to catch up with the, the rest of the family. And I remember that moment. I thought back to that moment, it was like nature um, holding out her hand, reassuring me, and that became the beginning, I suppose, the seed of the idea for uh, Florette. Um, so even though I find it um, hard to relax in going to new place, travels opened up amazing opportunities and new adventures in books and, and beyond. So um, like, as Susan said, I was invited to go to um, lunch at the New York Public Library by the New York Times last year and I was very nervous and thought I couldn't possibly go but my family and friends were saying you've got to go. <laughs> so I was brave and I did go and um, even though the morning of the the morning of the lunch I was l luckily staying with a dear friend the morning of the lunch I was in tears saying I can't do it. <laughs> She's like lucky I'm here of course you can. Anyway I had an amazing day it was fantastic and so that was going into the lunch, but when I stepped out of the lunch, it, it had been snowing. So it was like stepping into this amazing um, fairy tale. So by the time I caught the cab back into Brooklyn, oh, oh sorry, um, just gonna get sorry out of the snow. Um, it was, yeah, it was just um, a really amazing um, scene. And it was so beautiful. They painted the scene in my visual diary, but I didn't quite do it justice. But I hope that one day that might be part of a new story. So I think it's funny how the experience of each book leads to the next book. They're almost like um, stepping stones in a way. Um, which brings me to Lottie and Walter. So it's hard to tell exactly where Lottie and Walter began um, because this, with the stepping, there were a few stepping stones before it. But I do know that when I finished Mr Huff, I felt as though I wanted to further explore the idea of overcoming fear using imagination. So there were ideas of um, playing with imaginary creatures that I wanted to take further. And I was thinking back to my experience as a child and what I was afraid of. And I remember the day my cousin told me um, there was a shark in my grandparents' pool. Um, I was already, already terrified of the pool filter, so the fact that he said there was a shark in there, and I thought that is like the perfect hiding spot for a shark. Um, <laughs> from that day on, I would not get in the pool without others there. So obviously my theory is they get eaten first. <laughs> but um, I was thinking, could that work as a story? So that's how, I suppose, Lottie and Walter began. 
And then as I was playing with that idea, I thought, who would help a small girl overcome her fear? I'm like, of course, it had to be a walrus. I've been watching, like keeping an eye out for um, a story for a walrus for years, and I'd done a little walrus in my visual diary a few years before. So that's essentially how, and then I begin um, playing with the characters, um, and not all of them make it in, um, like Lottie explaining to <laughs> Walter. I love how my own drawings amuse me, but anyway, Lottie explaining to Walter where the last puzzle piece goes. <laughs> um, but that didn't make it into the book, but um, it, it is um, uh, fun. And then I make lots of dummies as well. So these are some of the early, early ones. I use traditional mediums such as um, watercolour and gouache and enjoy experiment experimenting with printmaking. So in, I don't know whether I've got it here. Oh yeah, in Lottie Malta, um, I use monoprints, which are layered in Photoshop. It's, probably, it's a bit of a bad um, little film, but they're the, some of the textures I'd made um, uh, with a press and with painting on perspex, as well as some watercolour textures as well. So there's quite a bit of experimenting in the early days just to see what will work and what won't. And I really wanted the walrus or Walter to sing in the story. Ever since I read um, The Walrus and the Carpenter as a child, I've been enamoured by the idea of a walrus singing. And I was wondering what he could sing. This is some of the early paintings of Walter and Lottie. And I remember the day my son Sam, who's now in year nine, but when he was in kinder, he's, he's a funny child, Sam, and he was galloping around the table singing um, humbly, do lumbly la loopy loo and I'd written the words down in one of my visual diaries somewhere and I found them so that was exciting so I thought they became Walter's um, song in the story. So um, a lot of work went into I suppose developing Walter or trying to visualise him in paint with how I saw him in my mind so there were some of the, the hairy Walter up there, there were some of the early sketches and, and this is what he ended up uh, looking like. So he's painted with gouache on a printmaking paper which absorbs a lot of the paint so that's why I was able to get those um, textures. Um, oh and I, I like work, working on all the Walters together <laughs> at the same time so that they're similar colour so that was a whole day of Walters mm -hmm. at the studio. Um, um, and I, oh there's just, that's an example of taking rough to the final um, I really enjoy making the characters out of fabric or knitting them. I actually can't knit clothes. I, I can only knit anim animals, one-off animals. Um, and, and this one was made out of a calico which I'd painted, but it wasn't quite right. So I began, I work from the paintings um, and use armature wire inside them and uh, felt and then paint them so you can see Walter starting to come together um, yeah I, I take a, I don't know, a great delight in seeing that characters come to life and being able to move around um, as a kid I used to spend a lot of time making things for my doll's house so it's just like doing that really um, and there's the development of Walter there uh, Walter does uh, it's looks like an operation but that, that's his inside. Um, the first frame inside wasn't strong enough to hold his weight so I had to unpick all of it and put a, a stronger wire frame inside. Um, and I'm inspired by the Japanese animations um, by Studio Ghibli by the director, I can never pronounce his name, Hayao Miyazaki, apologies for, he did um, Totoro and Ponyo, um, the, yeah, the simplicity, so um, that's the first little doll of Lottie and that's the second one um, and then I got to put dresser in different outfits as well um, and then that's um, starting to make the shark, oh there's the shark there and then I'm amusing myself with the shark, <laughs> it's hilarious reading a book. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I, the, the playing with these toys is a lot of fun <laughs> and um, that's where procrastination are things I'm supposed to be doing but um, uh, Freddie being very helpful, I, 
I had to do a little bit of practice without how the waves, the waves moved. And they're the little creatures um, on my desk at the studio. And then uh, I'm putting them in a box ready to take. So I had help filming at the end by Alex Machen, who, um, who has, he doesn't have an animation studio, he just has his garage, tiny garage with this set up. But, um, and we made a, a little film which I'll show you. So yeah, that's the little film of Lottie <laughs> Thank you. So I really, um, I love making things and I think making things is really important, not just for me, but for kids and for everyone really. So um, when I, I've made some of these things, so when I do visit schools, um, I can talk to the children about the ideas and um, so I'm, I think there's something wonderful um, about children using their hands um, to make a, um, an, an idea. Um, I really love seeing the connection and focus and to experience the delight of the reluctant child or the child who says, you know, they're not good at it. When they look at their imaginary creature proudly, it's always so inspiring. So even even when we make simple things like um, just using cardboard and a mouth that opens and then they can put a person inside and um, <laughs> or um, a big drumstick or hamburger or the moon but they can tell their own story and um, yeah encourage their own um, and even w when we're all making the same thing in the classroom whether it's everyone's making a tiger it's um, amazing to see the, 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 all the different tigers that come out and see the child's individual voice coming through that piece of art. Um, and when, um, it's in Seoul. <laughs> um, so sometimes I use stop motion as a way, especially with the older students um, talking about storytelling. So I made this simple duck and they, there's a really great stop motion app um, called Stop Motion, I think, Stop Motion Studio. And um, it can be done very easily just with an iPad. So I made this duck, but um, I, I just made, I made him dance and, um, and moonwalk. <laughs> um, but the kids do this stuff. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, so the kids do this stuff really easily and it's so delightful seeing their creations. So these are um, some friends. Um, this is Tessa's cat and Ellen's dog. But they've all got wire inside just with pipe cleaners and things and they move really easily. And this is some more students' work as well. I haven't got the videos they made, but that was um, fantastic too. It was a really great way of engaging the kids, um, I suppose, with a different type of storytelling. So um, I thought I'd just, oh, I'll hold up to, so the characters, that's Lottie. Mm -hmm. She's um, quite little and I brought Walter with me too um, and his party hat. <laughs> <laughs> so lady, can I have a look. He, um, he, move, he moves around. Um, I was filling out questions for an interview lately and I was asked what um, I like about picture books. And I thought, oh, such a, a, a big 
question. And apart from loving the culture of books and libraries and my mum being a librarian and um, the idea of being around books gives me a sense of being home. I think most importantly, I love spending time in the world of the imagination. Um, I, I see it as a place that holds endless adventure, hope, a sense of belonging, and I think it's a place to be treasured. So that's it. <laughs> I can thank you on behalf oh, of Slav and the audience. Just extraordinary talent and wonderfully generous and thoughtful and we really appreciate that. And I think I'm looking forward to the either the Oscar or the <laughs> or the exhibition. Um, and there's so many possibilities beyond picture books, but please don't stop doing the picture books. No, so thank you very much. So we have time now for certainly more browsing in the bookshop and you may have another cup of tea or coffee if you like. I know Anna will certainly love to sign. She has to sign at least two books for me, so if there, there, there may be a queue. Uh, but thank you very much for coming and we hope to see you at another forum in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you.